0: to Humankind, Raising Good Humans. It's Sarah and Mel back for another interview today. And I'm really, uh, I say I'm really excited about every interview, that's because the topics we cover are pretty awesome. Yes, that's right. right. Um, So today's interview, we're starting to look at the online world and how as parents we tackle the online world. It's such a massive topic and there's so many different elements that we need to i guess cover probably won't be able to cover them all today but we'll try Uh, so today we're talking to shona Innes. she's a clinical and forensic psychologist and she's also the author of the big series of books so she sees a range of um, clients day in day out children and i believe that a lot of what she sees is related to the online world so we might start off with um with asking you shona we i have tweens mel has teens the online world, it goes from worrying about screen time to worrying a bit more about the actual online world. So how much of issues around the online world do you see in your practice on a daily basis? Um,
1: yes, I, I do see them every day um, and in lots of, lots of different ways. So because I'm a, a clinical and a forensic psychologist, I see um, the ways that it's inter- interfering or affecting um, mental health um in young people and the way that they're socializing and also the way that they get joy from the world as well so um yes i'm mindful that the the internet um has probably way more good associated with it than evil we wouldn't be able to do this without the internet so um, we have to keep keep that in perspective I, i remember um back in the day it was um my parents concerned about us watching too much television and the evils that that would that would cause obviously the internet is way more sophisticated than that um as a forensic psychologist i deal with the um with the really deep end of internet um evils if you like so i work with young people who are often in trouble with the law or uh, things that have occurred on the internet or have been offended against um in online environments as well so um I see. I might see one little person who's uh, angry because uh, mum and dad don't give him enough time for um, the games that he wants to play. And then I might see um, a young woman who's been a victim of online bullying. And then the next appointment might be a young man who's been in trouble for sending um, naughty pictures um, to girls who trying to get them excited about him. So, um, yeah, so it's a big part of, of all of our worlds now. And, of course, that makes it a big part of what... Um, what we as parents and psychologists need to understand too. Yes. Yeah, it's
0: it's just a, it's a new age area that we need to tackle, isn't it? But it, and you're right. We do always talk about the negative associations mm-hmm. with the internet, um, yeah, yeah. but there are a lot of positives as well.
1: Absolutely. And if we if we look at the actual research and the evidence, which um, we psychologists um, love, because we love to be able to do um, the right thing and the and the best thing for our clients and the most up to date thing. The tricky part about that now is that good research takes a long time to get, and the internet is still so relatively new in terms of, you know, how we can see things developmentally. You know, we need to have it uh, um, to be using it for a while before we can see if there are any effects. Um, And there hasn't been anything that's been particularly nasty about the internet. There have been, um, you know, some some research. um, Yeah, some research has suggested that there are issues. Some research has suggested that there are no issues. And, of course, that depends on what it is they're researching. But pretty much it is like the the real world, if you like, in that some young people are going to be more vulnerable to certain aspects of the internet than than others. And even um, just among the children in our own families, we can kind of predict which ones are going to get into (laughs) what sort of stress. Well, exactly.
0: (laughs) Knowing them.
1: It reminded yeah. me of
0: um,
2: when I was younger. My brother used to sit this far from the TV, where I would like like watching TV, but give or take. But you literally couldn't have a conversation with my brother, and he used to sit this close. Like yeah. it's the same thing.
1: He would be. Yeah. The and, and none of it. None of his. None of his bits fell off for sitting that close. <laughs> <none> those are <laughs> the sort of things that that we used to kind of be told. You know, there were these horror stories about what would happen. Um, you know, if we watch too much television uh, and there's plenty of horror stories around about the internet. There's also fabulous things happening on the internet to help young people and we do know that it is um, especially important for people who have uh, social anxieties I have some beautifully introverted friends and I've Almost found out so much more about them um, on social media than I would maybe if I was meeting them at a party. And so there's that um, there is that wonderful social social aspect that allows people to you know open up a little bit more about themselves. And of course, that's also the same space that can cause problems. Now, the thing about tweens and teenagers um, is that we know a lot more about their brains now than than we did um, back in the day. Um, and we've still got way more to know about um, brain development as well but what we know is that there is um, the changes in the brain make the internet and especially socializing on the internet um, much more attractive at, at um, the teenage in the teenage years than perhaps at other times in, in the lifetime as well so um, the brain is an amazing <laughs> piece of equipment that we, we will never well, this day we've not been able to replicate in any other way we still haven't despite all this technology we still haven't been able to create a a brain Um, it's it's a fascinating thing so everybody has a has a different one as well which makes it again um, difficult to make Mm -hmm. um, rules Mm -hmm. that are going to fit everyone but in the teenage years um well we know that puberty changes the outside of our our bodies in certain ways makes us Maybe a bit smellier and hairier than the, we were before puberty, but there are also lots of inside changes as well, lots of changes to the brain. Now, the brain grows um, kind of different parts of the brain grow um, at different rates than other parts. And so, what we have in the teenage years is the, this kind of massive turning on and development of the social and emotional parts, the social and emotional centers of the brain. They really start to kick in. Um, but the um, being able to kind of think like a parent, being able to make good decisions and weigh up pros and cons, that bit is the last bit to be fully myelinated or fully developed. That can take up until 25 years in boys and 23 years in girls. So hang on ladies, we've got a way to go in terms of you know raising kids till they're absolutely you know, all done, all done and dastard. So, um, so we So the teenage years are this period of time where the social brain is much more kind of switched on and growing a a whole lot faster than the bit that says, you know, don't dance on the table or you'll fall off. Uh, And this is exactly the reason why we've needed to have uh, laws around P plates, for instance. So with P plates, we have a limited number of other passengers in the car. And that's because even if your young person is a really, really good driver, their brains are still going to be wired to be interested in the conversations, in the social stuff that's happening in the car, yeah. perhaps a little yeah. bit more than what's happening on the outside yeah. of the car. Yeah. And by actually making those rules, we've been able to save lots, lots of lives. I've seen um, the data from Vic Roads in Victoria, and you can actually see um, you know, drops in the number of accidents since they've implemented those those rules. Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. Isn't it? Um, yeah. isn't it? It's, uh, I have two children, so my son is eleven and my daughter is nine. My son completely with the computer and games and online shows. Uh, I call it addictive behaviour, but that's me being so yeah. like. Poly- my daughter <laughs> on the other hand can just sort of take it or leave it. So I think mm, yes. exactly what you mean when you say that just differences in people in terms of the addiction for um, young children as well. Um, if we focus on online bullying just um, for a minute, though, how I mean, we see it everywhere, we hear about it
1: everywhere. How big is the problem? Oh, yes, it's it's a big problem. Um, you know, it's it's as big as um as the schoolyard stuff. It's it's become another venue for it. Um, and the other thing about the online space is, it's something that's that's there twenty four seven. So back in the day, if you had a schoolyard bully, you faced that bully at school and you had some respite um, on the weekends and, and after school, as long as you weren't kind of mixing um, in the same circles as that, as that bully. Um, online, um, it's, it's a possibility of 24-7. And also with um, someone that you don't necessarily know, you haven't actually met in, in, the, in the real world um, as well. So so yes, it it, it is um if, if you choose, if you wake up one morning and as and you're a child or you go today I want to bully someone, which is clearly not, not what happens, but if that was your intention, the internet would just be such an easier space to yes. do that on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so much easier. There's just no no barriers a lot of the time in the way. So you know there's no not necessarily a teacher watching um like there might be in the playground sometimes yeah. or not even other kids watching sometimes as they would be in the playground. So, so yes, So, with all the wonderfulness and with all the opportunities to socialise, it does leave you a little bit more vulnerable without having the right kind of scaffolding around you um, and the right kind of scaffolding inside of you, which I think is what, as parents, we all want to be able to do, put the scaffolding, <laughs> eventually you know, walk away as parents and say, that job is done because we've left some scaffolding on the inside for, for kids to use to make good decisions.
2: Yeah, so with, with um, I, like I'm in a situation at the moment with Pearl where um, she's just got a phone, um, purely yes. activities-based, no social media.
1: <laughs> it's it's <funny>. yeah. <laughs> Really But it's interesting
2: to um, the conversations I'm having with her and I'm just looking at her text messages at the moment and there's only a couple of them that have uh, are texting each other I'm interested in what you would say to, to a child of that age, so Pearl's, Pearls age, who's 10, 10 11. Yes. That, an etiquette, an etiquette where they, what would do some preventative work is probably what I'm asking. Um,
1: at that yeah. Age. yeah, absolutely. I would say that um, you need to use, the phone, you need to use the phone as though you were speaking to that person face to face. So don't say anything on the phone or in on the internet that you wouldn't say, um, face to face in front of the teacher. That I wouldn't say anything that you wouldn't be prepared to yell from your front veranda to someone yes. else. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's it's the equivalent of you know standing on the front veranda and yelling, ah. even though it feels like it's very you know it's a very private that's just you and yeah. someone else. Um, and I remember as a kid, I remember, um I think some some boys who live near us had some walkie, walkie-talkie yes. things, and I, yeah, I just, just think that would just be so exciting. It was a little bit of kind of most spy, kind of Charlie's Angels kind of vibe, um, but just to have this link where you can talk to someone and and not, not see them. And, yeah, and that, that connection, I, we, we all yearn for that. But I think it is about telling kids to be mindful of that, even though it feels like it's just a, like a string line between you and the other yeah. person, um, you know, there's a permanent reminder of that left, Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's written, it's written yeah. down. And, and the fact that it's written down, the fact that it's actually has some kind of permanency about it is also the reason why I'm really busy with young offenders, because they're very easily caught um, from a kind of forensic point of view, because there's evidence so if it does become a police matter um, they don't need to police don't need to walk a beat and you know, interview lots of suspects or gather lots of evidence they can just you know, download press print and go exhibit a your honor so there is a kind of residue left so it's kind of a. it's almost like something between face-to-face conversation and letter writing like um secret notes and things too which so yeah all that this the online stuff just really appeals to all those things that I remember loving as a kid you know walkie-talkie secret notes um but yeah they all have risks associated with them um, and they last a long time mm.
2: and so so as the person texting but what about recognizing messages that are coming in would you give advice to um your tweens on Okay, I'm looking at this, and this doesn't feel right. Or recognizing, do you give strategies to children in regards to that?
1: Oh, even even way before um, the tween years, yes. I'd be like, I love to talk to kids about um, understanding the feelings that they get in their belly or in their jaws or wherever they get that feeling that tells them that something's something's not right. Mm-hmm. Now that the tricky thing about tweens and teens is um, that the relationship with their friends starts to become more important at some level than the relationship with their parents. And so if there is Mm -hmm. something going wrong, if they do get something that makes them feel uncomfortable, they may be more likely to tell a friend rather than to tell mum or dad or, or the teacher. So um, I think it's important to also tell your kids that if a friend tells you um, that they've got a concerning message or something that you encourage that friend or that you yourself go and talk to a, to a parent or a safe adult about it too. Um so and don't be disappointed if they haven't come to you first. Oh that's um <laughs> if they come to anyone that's great. Um but yeah don't be you know, don't get too don't feel like I'm all a bad parent and, and go down that track if they yes. haven't come to you first. But I think it's really important that we set kids up to understand that feeling in their belly that something's not right and to know the people that they can, they can <laughs> talk to. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people get a jaw thing. Yeah. <laughs> Some people get a, a kind of hand thing, yes. yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I don't know. I always go belly because that's my belly is uh, is where I tend to feel. It kind of has. It's a bit like um when you go over a a little dip in the road. Sometimes you know, there's a there's a little kind of like a time lag or something between going over the road and then your belly seems to go a little bit later. <laughs> so so that's the kind of feeling that I know. That's the conversations I often have with the kids. You know, that's my kind of warning sign. You know what what does your body what does your fabulous body tell you um, are yeah. uh, the warning yeah. signs? That, hmm, something's not quite right yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. And then when that indicator goes off, you know, what do you do? In the same way, when the, um, when the petrol bong goes off in the car, you know, I've got to refuel with the bong, bong, or you haven't got your seatbelt on, bong, bong. You know, it's all telling you what to do. When you get your bong, bong noise from your body, you know, yeah. what is it that you need to be doing and, and who, who can you let know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. and that, that's really interesting because you quite often think, well, how do I talk to my children about it? In what sort of language mm. do I talk to them so they can understand? Yes. But that's, I mean, that's, exactly that's perfect. It, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you talk about, you know, children get to the age where they don't talk to mum as much which i'm dreading, but i know it's coming <laughs> um we, we were talking and reading um this week more so about uh mentors what how important is, is mentors or role models in
1: their lives oh absolutely and then the internet is another way that people can get in touch with their with their mentors as well i think it's um, it's about being very careful about which mentor you choose and i think this is where our values as parents uh, become really important to be able to identify uh, what it is that's important to us. You know, if, if we were to summarise um, the, the lessons that we wanted to pass on over a lifetime of parenting our child, you know, what would the, the top 10 kind of you know, things be that we wanted to pass on and making sure that whoever is a mentor kind of fits in with the feel of those, of those values as well. Because um, we know that um, because of the, the teen brain thing and because of that socialising, um, positive messages and negative messages can be transmitted equally by mentors. There's lots of um, um, work being, that's been done over the years and still be, is still being done about um, peers, teaching peers stuff in the teenage zone in terms of um, you know, the psychology of helping them manage depression, talking about you know, their mental health. Uh, in a peer-to-peer basis or even talking about um, drunks and alcohol on a peer-to-peer level as well. But the research is telling us we need to be careful that the messages that are getting through are the messages that we want to be getting through. It's about being really careful about the mentors that you choose. And sometimes um, they come in the really um, kind of I want to say bland kind of spaces but blends the wrong word just the regular spaces i mean you don't need to kind of have a um yeah high aspirations for a mentor as long as they're ticking off those basic values so it could be uh, a sporting coach it could be someone who's actually a, a tutor who's helping them with french as well as um yeah, life lessons uh, sometimes it's a it's a cousin or a, a big brother or big sister as well so as long as it's yeah and as and as long as that mentor uh doesn't feel that there's uh, too much of a burden on them in that in that role too that they're they're happy to take that that role on as well
0: yeah yeah okay and
1: so if we if we just move
0: back into to um the online bullying a little bit um we hear what we tend to hear in the media is is circumstances where the online bullying was happening and it was too late for parents to do anything about it or Parents are aware of it, but are powerless to do anything about it because it is the online world. What, yes. what advice do you have for parents in terms of keeping the communication lines open and trying to know what's going on in your child's life
1: mm. in the online world without yep. overstepping boundaries and trying? Yes, to without doing a helicopter mind. thing oh. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think it comes down to knowing your child. Um, you know knowing what is is typical for your child so that your kind of parent radar can pick up the subtleties of when something's different. So um, I can just I can talk about uh, my youngest coming home from school one, one day this week and he just came home and he just had a different routine about putting his bag down <laughs> uh, and going to his room which is uh, yeah was different than just going to the pantry, which is his normal um, you know, teenage. <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, just, I, was, uh, I could just sense in the in the mum, mum vibes that something was was not right, and so yeah, so I approached him at that, that point in time. So so I think the biggest tip I could give people is know your child and investigate if your if your feeling is, is is telling you that that's um that something something not right. Uh, you've got to be prepared for the um, likely defence where they go nothing's wrong, or they might just grunt at you as well <laughs> because uh, sometimes um for some kids going into the teenage years i kind of think about it a little bit like they kind of go into a chrysalis so <laughs> they just grunt a lot more at you and and drink a lot of your milk uh, usually straight from the carton <laughs> so uh, and but they do emerge from the chrysalis as this beautiful butterfly you know and so yes. there is this where they they do need more time to themselves and you're absolutely right sarah they you don't want to be at them all the time, but even when they're grunting at you, you kind of get to know what's a serious grunt and what's a, what's a yeah. real grunt, yeah, uh, and you can kind of trait your response uh, in relation to that. So you do have to kind of adapt to speaking that language or, or taking on board that language as well. So so knowing their baseline and knowing when that baseline dips is really important, I think. And also I think staying in touch with, with other parents, with the parents of friends, um, because often you hear something that's gone on for your child from another parent, <laughs> rather than from your child um, yeah. as well, because so-and-so is told such and such and it's kind of come through through the network. It's also just really handy when um, you, you just know the other mums, in case you are kind of, or, or dads, you just are concerned about, about a party mm-hmm. they might be going to or, or something like that or something that, that you have seen a game that they might be sharing. Um, and yeah, might be doing a particular game you can just so having other parents to check in also gives you that more kind of local content about what's what's going on as well um, so there's there's still much to be said for having that village to raise our children um, even if it, even if the village is extended to to online and I have to say schools are doing quite an amazing job in this space in this space too because it's not unusual now for many children to have uh computer as part of their um, school book list uh, once they get to high school. Um, so when this was happening for my older children, um, there was no kind of policing of that of that space. We didn't have the technology to police the space, not a bit like I was saying before when um, you know, mr. Mr. and Mrs. Pod don't have to walk the pavement anymore they can they can monitor bullying from a distance and just download it record. report. Um, the same can schools can do the same. so the schools can, Um, often pop in and see if it's a school administered computer, they can see what's going on um, in the online space as well. And if there is a a bullying incident, uh, it's really important that you let the school know because the school actually has, um, in Queensland here, the Department of Education has a cyber safety unit and the, the people who work there have got really close connections to the different social media brands. So they can actually have, if there's something nasty that's been posted, they actually have the connections to get it taken down um so um so yes. Yeah, so there's kind of there's a lot more I'm, I'm, i would just assume that it would be in most of the of the state um funded education departments there is that you know the technology is there to be able to you know intervene quite quickly if you can get a hold of it so yes the cyber safety unit in queensland here can can get on to those sorts of things and they can have a conversation with, with instagram or or Facebook or whatever and get things get things taken down um, yeah. which is which is good you to know too.
2: Yeah. So uh, for instance like we, okay we've recognized that something's not quite right, Yes.
1: Um, yes. And
2: you, you're sort of quest, questioning and finding out how long before what are the steps that we need to take as parents to go okay how do we respond when do we respond because sometimes they come home and go Blah 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 blah, and it can be resolved in home to right. that next step where you're like, Yeah, we need intervention
0: here. We need help. Need, we need help. Yeah. help, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would um as a as a psychologist and a mum, I would go any time I thought it was beyond me <laughs> to yeah. to the yeah. next to the next level. Um, I would what much is rather be next accused. Level? Level, what is the next in terms level? of going going to the school or going to um, yeah. depending on how big the school is? You know, sometimes there are year level coordinators. Um, each school has kind of got a different way that they manage that kind of pastoral care aspect of schooling. There's usually a go to person or something. Um, yeah, I'd much rather be seen as the uh, as the as that naggy mum who's a bit of a nuisance by the school, then have something slip through about my child. <laughs> so um, yeah, and, and again, I think you'd be surprised at what schools actually know about what is what is going going on. Um, they they do know, and they they are quite pre- prepared for it now because it is a happening and real thing, and it's been happening in schools now for quite a few years. So they're they're on board with as much as they can be about what they can what they can do about it if it needs to get to the point where there needs to be um, you know some serious police involvement or so then then you know the, the police will be involved as well that the, the school will get the police involved if they think they need that level if it's an actually an offensive um, behavior that's occurred online the the offense is typically um, using a carrier to menace mm-hmm. and harass is kind of the, the technical name of the offence, and that's actually a federal offence because the carriers are our um, network providers, <laughs> so they're actually you know dealt with that uh, uh, across the whole nation rather than state state by state. So we're kind of dealing with the with the federal police kind of crime in that in that space, but um yeah the local police are are getting uh, onto it as well. As I said, they it's it's a big part of how they police as well. So it's not just that that it's a part of our children's community, it's a part of everyone's community now to be in this online space. And so rather than get anxious, um, you know, be mindful that uh, we don't know what we don't know is going on there to police these spaces um, as well. And I understand that schools are also now able to go through a process where they can be kind of accredited as a cyber safe school um, I think it, can, it takes a couple of years, you know, it's quite a, a thorough accreditation uh, process but different schools can be accredited as, as cyber safe as well, which means they have to have sort of minimum standards about security for online use in, in the school, in the school space.
0: That's interesting, isn't it? It's, and something that comes up in nearly every interview that we have done around parenting and, and that just came up with you then is that it's okay to be an advocate for your child. So be that mum that does go to the school if you are worried about something. Don't don't sort of sit back and wait and, and ponder if there is an yeah. issue, you have that feeling in your gut but you're, you you're doing the right thing to go and advocate for your child and follow up and check. Um, so one of the things that I did just want to touch on before we finish up because I'm mindful where there's so much to talk about. Oh, there is, isn't um, there? Is, 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 we're talking about when our children are tweens and teens, but, but starting from a, a younger age, um, the conversations that we, we do have with them, we should be starting really um, talking to our children from the age of five or six about about you know being safe not being safe online but starting to put up the scaffolding I guess
1: as you were saying earlier. oh yeah I would I would go right back I would go right back until you know, because um if they can hold your mobile phone while you're having a cappuccino <laughs> um, there needs to be conversations about the rules about Holding that phone and, and what things they, that they can be uh, clicking on and 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 playing with. So I would uh, be talking about it you know from from the get go whenever there's moment by moment opportunity. And this is the thing I think um people often um, bring children to psychologists because to fix or change something, which is great. It's what we what we do. But I don't think they they understand the power of the day-to-day little everyday interactions um, yes, that actually yes. influence our, our children. So, you know, that little moment where you are passing your child a phone because you really love a cappuccino and five minutes piece. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a little, little moment where you can just have a little uh, rhyme or exchange or something about, you know, I'm passing you, so, but it's only for you know, this or it's only be, gonna be until I finish my my coffee or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, there are, there are lots of little ways. It, um, it's a little sad. I know that lots of parents um, avoid watching the news with their children, but I think um, sometimes it's useful to have some way of talking about current events with, with children as well in a very calm and collected way. So, um, or even um, watching some TV soap operas and things. There's also often dramatic circumstances in there that you can kind of discuss in terms of, well, you know, and what else could they have tried? She was you know, clearly he was bullying her, or she was bullying her. Um, yeah, that's no good. What else could they? Who could they go to in this situation? So, um, there are lots of little conversations that you can have every day. There are lots of um magazine articles, stories. Yeah, lots of ways that you can kind of infiltrate <laughs> and start to um build that scaffolding, kind of one little conversation at a yeah, time.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah
1: rather than kind of feeling like these things have to be tab- taboo. Uh, and I think most parents have got that kind of inner ability to be able to go, this is, I'm pitching this at the right level mm. for my child. Mm. Um, and you just need to have that just right amount of conversation that's yes. age appropriate, just little bits strip fed every now and then, way more powerful than, than waiting for something big to unfold about something that's completely taboo. Uh, and then yes. you've got nothing um, to go back to that, you can reference anything on. Yeah, okay. I was, yeah,
0: go. No, I was, I was about to finish up. Okay, I just, I I've got one more question. Okay.
2: And then, um, so just going back to, well, I was talking about going to the school and talking to them about what they can do in a bullying situation. I'm interested in that gap that they come home and they go, because so, uh, kids also tap on to the bullying term. I'm being bullied. Yeah. And so it's yes. ideal when it actually is bullying so what what is that gap that we recognize actually i can teach them about this to actually this is not something that needs to go next level
1: yeah well mel i think that's a perfect example you know if they come home and say this is bullying and you do a quick assessment you go nah, (laughs) that's that's not not quite bullying. then you would have a little conversation in that little gap right right there i think that's a perfect example of um bullying usually usually it's, it's a repeated um, behavior. And it's interesting, um, a lot of the um, young people I work with um, have uh, language uh, issues or um, autism spectrum concerns and, and the like. And sometimes they grab a word and they, and we all do it. Um, you know, sometimes we, we've done it where we've we thought we're being sound clever if we've used this word, but the word act- actually doesn't mean that thing. And bullying is one of those ones that, that comes up sometimes. Um, and so people think that if, if someone's done something and that's made me feel bad that that could be bullying that that is. So it is so that that's a perfect little example. Yeah. yeah. So
2: it's oh, a repetitive yeah. behavior, bullying. Yeah. yeah. Um and yes. how else would you describe it? So repetitive that it, that it
1: makes you feel bad. I also um well, I just had a little thought pop into my head and I thought um without doing a blatant plug and a oh, do okay. a blatant no, <laughs> we would love you
0: too. We'd love um, you
1: too. Um one of the little analogies I use often with with young people is the kind of concept that friendship's like a seesaw, that a healthy relationship is is kind of balanced. Uh, and if uh, if you feel like uh, you're at the bottom end <laughs> and someone else is more powerful than you, then that may not be a healthy relationship. Uh, and of course, when what happens is when we feel that it's out of balance, sometimes the tendency is that we want to get the balance back, so we want to push the other person. Down and and that's not healthy either. So I think if if um, you know to have conversations using those kind of analogies, where we're actually talking about a really highly complex balance of you know pattern of um, behavior, which is important in the domestic violence space, and it's important in just um, relationships counselling, in sex education, it's really important in lots of ways. But yeah, if you're talking about bullying, then the idea is that the person is is constantly making you, you feel like you're at the bottom. Um, of the of the seesaw, that the seesaw is very okay. out of whack, uh, yeah. and then the, the yeah. conversation about well, what can you do to get that balance back again?
2: Do you, are there things
1: you can do that we can try to get the balance back again, or do we need to go and get someone else <laughs> to come yeah. and go? Boy, you, yeah, stop being a bully. We need to get this balance back
2: yeah, again.
1: Yeah, right. And and, and, and sometimes so the schools, stop. it is it right. is the schools. Sometimes that might be another. It might be um, another parent. Uh, if you again, if you've got that connection with the other parents at school, sometimes um the parents can can sort that out um, as well, just with a quick chat amongst yeah, themselves yeah. and sometimes, if you've been socialising with these people again you you get to know the kind of little temperaments and personalities of the other kids <laughs> and just and just what is their usual and what might be some they're not travelling very well. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and for parents who are watching you do have a range
0: of amazing books including Friendship is Like a Seesaw like Family is Like a Cake all under yes. the Big Life series yes. if people who are watching who want to find out more information or might find the books useful for them is shown yes. in psychology.com.au is that um, right? Yes,
1: well even they can even um. here's a, an email address I prepared earlier <laughs> <laughs> So just in case, um, because I have um, the uh, the internet is like a like a puddle, which is um, designed to kind of talk about um, you know the dangers of the internet using the analogy of um, you know it's fun to splash in a puddle, but there can be some characters at the bottom of it that you don't really want to put your foot on. Uh, and also in this bullying realm, the, the playground is like a jungle, which is my kind of um, Sir David Attenborough take on helping kids to be observing and watching others in the playground and then making a good choice about who's going to give them the interactions that, that are going to be the ones that they're after uh, and who they might kind of step away from and, and maybe avoid a little bit. So um, you know, just helping kids to just observe what's going on with others and also those, those feelings on the inside of them as well. Yeah, so yes, there's, so um, there's 10 in the series of, of books now and uh, they've, they've just actually um moving from one publishing house to another publishing house so um it's probably best in this interim period if people do get in touch with with me if they if they're chasing them they are around in lots of different um all the usual good book shops um kind of
0: scenario I, I yeah. and they yeah. are books you, you have kindly read them for us and we play them on our little long uh, yeah, they're amazing great. books so um yep yeah, so admin at shonainners.com um mm-hmm. and the website is shonainnerspsychology.com.au we'll pop all of those links um below and also yes. on the website yeah but thank you so uh, we could pick your brain i, and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I might have to watch and find the time to listen as well so thank you so much for joining us uh, today so Oh, it's was. been
1: my absolute pleasure any any time ladies i'm happy to chat as i said lean over and turn on and yep i can Brilliant. i can feel that space now,
2: now we've got zoom happening <laughs> yeah, <we've> got zoom. <laughs> fabulous all right, right. Well, thank thanks you. so much
1: shona thanks bye. so much Bye
0: bye